Welcome to the Greetings. Is here as well as our honored and esteemed guest, Gary Stickle. Hi. Hello to Gary. Hello, Gary. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So today we are going to be talking about Toy Perina. And uh, she is someone that, Gary, that you brought to Sean's attention. Yes. And uh, today you are here to tell us all about her, which I am really excited about because she is someone that I never heard of. And I've done quite a bit of research on uh, women warriors of various ethnicities and geographical locations, and she <laughs> had not come up in my research. So I am super excited. Oh, great. Gary, can we ask you at the where we started a new segment called What's the Big Idea? So maybe to start us off, can you tell us? What the big idea is about Toy Perina? Well, she's unique in American history, and she's been terribly suppressed. And uh, so uh, Chief Ernie and I were were trying to get her the recognition she so deserves because she is unique in American history. Why is she unique? Sorry, sorry, Don, go please. Yeah, uh, sorry, we had a little sound glitch. Can you say the name of the other person that you mentioned again? Yeah, Chief uh, Ernie, his uh, true name is Ernest Solace, and he's chief of the original Indian tribe of the greater Los Angeles area. They're better known as Gabrielinos after San Gabriel Mission, but uh, they prefer to be called by their true ethnic name of Keech, spelled by scholars like me, K-I-Z-H. Okay, great. Great. And Sean, you were saying? Oh, just what makes her unique, Gary? Just so we can start off. Uh, we, we should hear a little bit about Chief Ernie and the Quiche, but for the beginning, what makes Toy Perina unique such that you want to share her with people? Well, I helped the tribe uh, write the first book about her. And I wrote the book with uh, the tribal secretary, Dr. Christina Swindoll. Uh, and uh, we published the book in 2013. And after we published it, uh, two years later, we went to Washington, D.C., to the Bureau of Indian Affairs uh, <clears throat> so that Keish could apply for federal recognition, which has been denied them ridiculously by our government because they had wow. a ton of genealogical DNA and so on, uh, data to prove who they are. Uh, as part of that trip, we went to the, uh, the National Museum of the American Indian, which is on the Capitol Mall. And the director there, um, acknowledge that Toy Perina is the only Native American woman that ever led a revolt in American history. Mm. In, in fact, uh, I, am, I haven't verified this part. 
she might be the only woman that ever led a revolt in American history. And uh, so she's unique and she's an 18th century uh, heroine, a great hero of the Keech. I call her the, the first historic hero of California. Nice, wonderful. Well, um, as Sean said, why don't you tell us a little bit about the how you met Chief Ernie and how the Quiche tribe came to your attention and um, and what fired you up about this? Okay, um, I a uh, little quick background. Uh, I got my BA, MA, and PhD at UCLA, all in anthropology, specializing in archaeology, and. Um, and I retired, uh, and then I taught at UCLA for over 20 years and uh, retired from that in 1999. I moved out of UCLA faculty housing. At that time, Chief Ernie asked me, because he knew about me, interacted with me, he respected me, he asked me to be the tribal archaeologist, which was a great honor for me. Indeed, uh, yeah. And uh, and it was going to give me something to do for the rest of my life because I wasn't going to be teaching anymore. Um, and so what I focused on is the preservation, protection and preservation of their sacred sites. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, one one that's uh, extremely important right now, and we just submitted it two nights ago for international publication, is the Big Rock site up in the San Gabriel Mountains that we discovered has both winter and summer solstice uh, features at it. I, I call it the Stonehenge of Los Angeles, and uh, Sean made a documentary film about that for Kodak, which is really great. It's an amazing, uh, amazing site, and, and we should perhaps talk about that uh, in the midst of all the stuff we're talking about with Toy Perino, too, so we'll, we can come back to that later. Yeah, we great. can in a little bit if you like, but anyhow, uh, so uh, Toy Perino came across uh, my attention by a, a Keish guy. And uh, and he said, are you aware of this? And he, he showed me, uh, his name was Edgar Perez, and he showed me uh, a newspaper article about her. So that got me intrigued. <clears throat> and so I started doing research about her, you know, what's been written about her. <clears throat> and uh, what I discovered is she only had been written about by white male historians. Right. And uh, and the problem. Well, are that, there any other kind? I mean, well, yeah. No, <laughs> now, now there's getting to be other historians, but but not not at that time, and unfortunately, right. you know. Yeah. And uh, so, and the thing is, I I really have it in for them because um, uh, when they uh, write about Indians, they usually screw it up. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they did so with Toy Perina. Um, and uh, she, was, she was first published in 1884 by the very famous Herbert Hugh Bancroft. He was okay. a major historian of California. Uh, and he was at UC Berkeley eventually. And um, uh, the Bancroft Library at UC Berkeley is named after him and so on. And in that initial publication, uh, he uh, basically calls her a temptress, and uh, which is ridiculous. And uh, other historians have, have called her a witch, a sorceress, and, and a seductress. Oh my goodness! You know all these ridiculous things that were leveled at Joan of Arc. Right. Um, yeah. 
Interesting and, parallel. And quite a few other uh, female leaders in history. Well, absolutely. It's like yeah. a standard male, you know, thing. Right. Um, and uh, so I knew that was nonsense, and I, I wanted to bring out the truth. So I asked Christina if she would write the book with me, and she readily agreed, and it was great. <clears throat> and um, so we researched all the uh, published uh, information about her, which isn't very much. Historical record is very scant. Mm -hmm. But what the situation is, is uh, in 1785, she had enough of the terrible Spanish conquest of this area. Mm -hmm. a, a conquest that, uh, you know, although Cabrillo sailed by our coast in 1542, the Spanish really didn't conquer the greater Los Angeles area until 1771, when they set up the first San Gabriel mission, which, as you know, it's been in the headlines recently because it, it caught fire and they're still investigating uh, the cause of that, to my knowledge. Um, and um, so, but the, the Spanish were cruel to the Keech and to all California Indian people that they conquered. And Gary, can I, can I ask you a question just historically? So yeah. 1785, this is right after we signed the Treaty of Paris, so becoming the ending the Revolutionary War. So America has just been born. 1776, we signed the Declaration. What's the Spanish involvement in the Americas at that time? Were oh, they've been they, here a long time. I mean, uh, they, well, yes, but, but at that moment, what was their status? What, what was their, what were well, they, they were, like? they were controlling, uh, you know, the Southwest. I mean, you know, Santa Fe, New Mexico uh, was settled in, you know, first uh, 1500s even, you know, <clears throat> and, uh, right. and so they, they held the Southwest and they held California, you know, primarily they focus on coastal California. Um, were there and, a lot uh, of troops? I mean, how many people? Was it settlers, military? What kind of a yeah, situation would did well, Perina face? Well, uh, basically, at, at uh, her time, it was. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think the ranchos had been created yet, but uh, San Gabriel Mission had, and uh, and, that, and the first San Gabriel Mission wasn't where it is today in the city named after it. It was in a a place called Whittier Narrows, which is five miles south. The 60 freeway kind of bisects uh, Whittier Narrows. Um, and uh, they built a, uh, you know, a wooden structure there. It looked more like Fort Apache than a church complex. You know, they had a palisaded fence around it and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they built it right next to the, the San Gabriel River. And the Quiche were friendly people. They welcomed the Spanish. Uh, but which was a, turned out to be a big mistake, um, right. and the uh, but they told them not to build their structure there, but they're not going to listen to these savages, right? So they arrogantly built it there, and about three years later, they had an El Nino year and it washed away the original church, and so they <laughs> oh dear yeah yeah, um, and then they moved it five miles north and start building it, you know, out of mud bricks and stuff like that. And then that's the structure we see today. Um, and that was, you know, and San Gabriel Mission, by the way, became the major focal point for the conquest, especially in Southern California. Uh, mm. These major Spanish trails, 
the Anza Trail and the the Garces Trail uh, came, you know, to San Gabriel Mission. Um, And and the Spanish were brutal to the quiche. I mean, you know, when I was a a kid, I think the fourth grade, we had a, you know, a lesson about California history. And it was depicted that, you know, the missionaries were really nice to the Indians and everything was, you know, copacetic and stuff like that. No, I mean, they whipped the men virtually every day. Um, there's letters from Father Sarah saying that it's fine to whip the Indians because they they aren't on the same level of right. comprehension as the Spanish. You know, yeah, it's kind of yeah. racist very nonsense. similar. Yeah, very similar rhetoric to the idea of the uh, slaves were well cared for on the plantations. Type of yes. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the the women were raped, and uh, <clears throat> in fact, when Toy Perino is about ten or eleven years old, um, a the wife of a chief was captured by a Spanish soldier, and he raped her, and so the chief and some of his braves went after him to apprehend the criminal, mm-hmm. uh, but because the Spanish had armor, they had you know Toledo swords, they had uh, you know, guns, you know, um, muskets, uh, they they were able to defeat the chief and kill him, you know, and, and his, uh, some of his braves. And then to show how brutal they were, they decapitated him and put his head on a spike oh, to, um, to indicate to all the keys that they, they had no recourse. They had right. to put up with whatever the Spanish, you know, rape and abuse that uh, they would give, and they just had to put up with it. <clears throat> well, yeah. so, so Gary, I, just to just just to ask to to summarize in a sense, could we look at the Spanish regime here as being a very militaristic one? They're primarily soldiers, primarily pretty much guided by military pr- principles of order. Would that, oh yeah, does that oh, yeah. sound right? Does that make sense? Yes, uh, <clears throat> you know they. They had a garrison at every mission, and then, of course later on they built the, uh, well not so later on they they built the presidios or the forts you know they had one at San Diego and one at Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and eventually they built the pueblos the towns like uh, you know Los Angeles Pueblo de Los Angeles, um, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah I mean you know it was part of their empire, and. Uh, you know, they, they added California. In fact, uh, during that time period, you know, all these European governments were racing around the world trying to conquer as much as they could. Right. Uh, actually, uh, the Spanish uh, were eager to conquer California, and they conquered as far north as uh, just north of San Francisco. Cause, you know, we had a, they had a mission in San Francisco. Uh, mm-hmm. And, but they didn't get to what we call the Russian River today because the Russians conquered that area. They came down and conquered that area. Oh, my uh, heavens. So into, so this, into this atmosphere of oppression and imperialist rule, um, when does Toiparina show up and, uh, and how does she foment rebellion? Well, this is uh, the way we laid out in the book uh, based on the historical record. Um, that 1785, there was a neophyte at San Gabriel Mission. A neophyte means an uh, Indian that's been converted to the Spanish uh, 
system, both the, the Spanish take on Catholicism and, and their culture in general, uh, and uh, in essence, a slave, you know. Um, and his name was Nicholas Jose. And uh, so different quiche had different ways of coping with the Spanish invasion. You know, some uh, you know, tried to stay in their traditional villages, although they got raided, you know, by the Spanish and, and uh, you know, people captured and so on. Some mm -hmm. fled to the mountains, uh, and some just went over to the Spanish and tried to survive that way. So there's different coping strategies. So Nicholas right. Jose uh, coped that way. Uh, he actually participated in a, a previous rebellion, but uh, was captured and everything, and they induced him to uh, be at San Gabriel Mission. Now, he had a little boy, and his little boy died. And he wanted to do a burial ceremony for a little boy, the traditional Keech burial ceremony. It's called the Kutuma Kahaya ceremony. Mm -hmm. And in Keech religion, if you don't do that ceremony, you don't go to heaven. You don't go to right. the afterlife. Right. So he asked the Padres if um, he could uh, perform the ceremony. And they said, no, that's devil's work. You can't do that. And they forbid him from doing it. Well, apparently that was the last straw for Nicholas Jose that's been putting up with all these abuses and everything and probably whippings and God knows what, you know. Mm -hmm. So he went to Toy Perina and and uh, the reason he went to Toy Perina is that Toy Perina was high status in Quiche culture. She was a daughter of a chief. Okay. She was also a religious leader, a shaman. And in Keats culture, women could be chiefs of villages. They could be shamans, religious leaders, which uh, a, a shaman could actually be more significant than a chief in Keats uh, culture. Uh, and he knew that she had the respect and probably the uh, personality and the charisma to, to pull off a revolt against the Spanish. Uh, and he gave her some beads which has been misinterpreted by some modern historians, which is ridiculous. Uh, one, one modern historian wrote an article you know, prior to our book and referred to these beads as lucre, you know, like filthy lucre. Mm -hmm. Right, like 30 pieces of silver type of uh -huh. thing. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And, what and did, But what did they actually mean? What they actually meant is it was a key custom that when you go to a superior status person, you give them a gift as a show of respect. Right. And so uh, it's been misinterpreted by that historian and everything that he's trying to buy Toy Perina, which is ridiculous, you know. Um, right. And um, she was obviously of the utmost integrity because of her influence. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think the scenario was that Nicholas Jose was to try to get the other neophytes at the mission to revolt. And then Toy Perina went to, uh, by her account, six villages in the San Gabriel Valley and got all the braves from those villages to form a little army. I estimate maybe 200 men. Mm -hmm. And there were a few other quiche from other villages, but not, not all the braves from those other villages. The quiche had many villages. Um, and uh, so uh, we call her the Joan of Arc of California because her story is just like Joan of Arc. She was a religious leader, a shaman. Right. She saw 
the you know the terrible presence of a foreign invading power that was that was uh, being terrible to her people and to her land by the way right um, and uh and and so she organized uh, a revolt and she led the revolt in the field just like Joan of Arc but but yeah, just or like Bo- or Boudica. I mean, she yes, reminds me in many ways of Sean's yeah. favorite Boudica. Yeah. yeah she, but anyhow, um, the, the, the parallels with uh, Joan of Arc go on because like Joan of Arc, she is betrayed. And what happened is the corporal of the guard overheard, apparently understood Keith's language. And uh, he overheard Nicholas Jose talking to a neophyte about the you know, impending uh, revolt. And, and what time is going to take place. So when uh, Toy Perina got to the mission, the Spanish had an ambush ready for her. And they captured her and 17 other of her braves. I'm sure the others fled, you know, because the Spanish were firing muskets at them and whatnot, you know. Uh, right. And um, so what happened is they, uh, she was subjected to a sham trial, just like Joan of Arc. Right. And um, they tried four case. It was uh, it was two chiefs uh, and uh, Nicholas Jose and Toy Perina, <clears throat> and uh, and the person that presided her trial was no less than the Spanish governor of California, Pedro Fages. Yeah. So they had the trials, and so what Pedro Fages did. He came all the way down from Monterey, by the way. It took him uh, 13 days by horseback. Wow. And, uh, you know, you couldn't hop on a Southwest jet in those days, you know? Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so what he did is he um, he devised um, 10 questions to uh, interrogate her with and the others. And uh, we call these questions... Um, you know, a minor masterpiece of psychological warfare because virtually every question was designed to, um, you know, shame the the Keech, uh, convince them that they were wrong, and convince them of the superiority and invincibility of the Spanish. Right, right. And uh, so <clears throat> it was um, uh, ridiculous, you know, and she was guilty before they even had this ridiculous trial, you know? Right, right, yeah. And, and so they, uh, and the, I'll give you some examples of the questions. Um, like, like the second question was, uh, after they, meaning the Keech, have been warned and advised repeatedly to keep the peace and tranquility why did they come armed to kill the fathers and the soldiers when they had never been harmed by us at all? Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that, that was a question, okay? Yeah, yeah. And do you have, you have this transcript because I assume that the Spanish kept a transcript? They, they of did, the and it's, uh, the transcript is housed in the archive of the Indies. So this gives you an idea of what she was subjected to. And another question was, what prompted them, meaning the quiche, to come in that manner, meaning a revolt, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. knowing that it was impossible to kill the soldiers, for with one shot from the cannon, many of them would have died. 
That was another question. Right, right. So you see where, you know, they're going with this. Um, yeah. So what what happened is uh, Toy Brain and the rest of them were found guilty, of course. Um, they were, uh, the two chiefs were whipped, I think, with about 25 lashes. You can imagine with a horse whip, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the other of the, of the, the remaining 17 Indians were, they had lesser uh sentences of 15 to 20 lashes you know uh, and uh but Nicholas Jose they bound him too dangerous so they uh banished him to the presidio at San Diego okay and and then Toy Perina, this is what they did to Toy Perina. I think Fajas knew about Joan of Arc of course he did not want to make a martyr out of Toy Perina. okay so what he did is he says, you know, in the historical record that uh, she saw the error of her ways and she saw that the Spanish system and the Spanish religion were just wonderful and what she should do. So get this, he forced her to divorce her Indian husband and she had a child by him. And I'm sure she loved him very much. Of course, yeah. And then forced her to marry a Spaniard, and not just any Spaniard. He was a soldier, obviously, to keep her in line. Right, sure. And then he banished her to the northernmost mission at the time, which for us is charming. It's Carmel Mission up in Carmel. But for her, it must have seemed like Siberia. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously to get her out of the way so she couldn't escape and, and foment another revolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so she had children by that Spanish soldier, and eventually she caught sick, kind of reminiscent of the pandemic going on now, mm-hmm. uh, because the Spanish, uh, we, we call it double death. They, they killed the quiche and other California Indians either directly or indirectly, and the indirect way was all the diseases that the Spanish brought. Of course, yeah. And uh, the primary one being smallpox. Right. And yeah. so I, I believe that she caught smallpox and died. And she's buried at another mission, San Juan Bautista Mission. And Chief Ernie and I and the other case went up to make a pilgrimage up there. And she's mm-hmm. buried in an unmarked grave along with 4,000 other Indians. Oh, where's that, God. Gary? San Juan Bautista, where's that located? Uh, it's up in the greater Monterey area, kind of uh, northeast of Monterey. And um, we have an, a beautiful painting of it in our book. Uh, and But get this, the historical record indicates that when the Padres up there tried to give her the last rites, you know, mm-hmm. as she's dying, she refused the rites. And so to us, that was her last act of defiance. Right. So it sounds like she remained... Uh, true to her traditions to the end as much as she possibly could under the circumstances, I would imagine. Yes, I, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. And and the thing is, you know, like I said, the uh, National Native American Museum verified that she's the only Native American woman that ever led a revolt. And yet she's been incredibly suppressed. Right, of and course. Because... Yeah. You know, you haven't heard of her. Sean hadn't heard of her. I hadn't heard of her until Edgar told me about her. 
Um, and, you know, to me, she's more significant uh, than other uh, famous Indian women. You know, like when I give lectures, I always ask the students, who are the most famous Indian women in American history? I always get the same answer. I'm sure you and Sean would do the same. You know, Pocahontas and Sacagawea. Right. Well, neither one of them led a revolt. In fact, they collaborated with, with whites, you know, with, 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 well, with the, there are different versions of those stories as well, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, it's remarkable what she did. And so our, our stories of her and what remains of her history have come down to us mostly, I would imagine, through the Spanish version of events. Um, but it sounds like there was an oral history as well that were kept by the quiche. Yeah, to a certain degree, and uh, <clears throat> uh, she's been kind of forgotten about by most of the Keats, so we made them, uh, you know, become re uh, newly aware of her. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, and also, she's still being suppressed, even recently, by uh, white male historians. We take the test, two of them, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and... One of them even published an article saying she didn't lead the revolt. It was Nicholas Jose. Uh, right, right. And that's ridiculous because uh, there's a quote from uh, Pedro Fajas, uh, you know, uh, really identifying her as, as the problem, you know? Yes, yeah. And, Gary, uh, yeah. Gary, can I ask you, what, one, what was the result for Native Americans after Native Americans in Southern California. So what, what was the development in terms of the freedom, the uh, self-governance of Native Americans in California after 1785, after this revolt? And later we'll come to it, but how was she sort of uncovered or rediscovered by you? But what the first part, what happened for Native Americans after this? Well, it wasn't good. I mean, uh, <clears throat> diseases decimated them. Uh, there was uh, estimates of 45% of the California Indians, which uh, numbered about 200,000, um, you know, as the Spanish invaded, uh, died. Uh, and uh, in, you know, like a hundred years or just down to, I don't know, 15,000 or something, you know, really <clears throat> a, uh, a low level of population. And today, you know, there are thousands of quiche when the uh, Spanish arrived, and today there's only a few hundred of them left. That's why it's important to share this history and keep experiences alive. Um, going to Big Rock with you was very, very touching for me personally to go up there and to go to that sacred site, and that's the sacred site of the quiche, and that would have been the sacred site for Toy Perina as well. The modern day, was that's what we're looking at. Just well, she might have gone to that site for all we know. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, I just right. want to get back to the Pedro Fajas thing because this one modern historian said that she didn't lead the revolt. This is a quote from a communication from Pedro Fajas. Quote, he has the most serious scolding for their ingratitude, referring to the Keech, making ugly their perverseness perverseness and showing them the deceit with which they allowed themselves to be dominated by the aforementioned woman. 
Right. So there's no doubt in Fodge's mind who led the revolt, you know? Right, right. Uh, and and so, it a- added to his, I'm sure it added to his scorn that the the revolt was led by a woman. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're <clears throat> very, very male chauvinistic, obviously. And apparently Fodges yeah. was a piece of work. Uh, he was mean to his own soldiers, apparently. Yeah. So uh, he was something else. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the thing is, we've been fighting for Toyperina's recognition, which isn't easy. Um, I uh, just was interviewed by the L.A. Times the other day because, uh, and this is very, uh, of, of this time and of, of the events going on, uh, <clears throat> I found out that there's a, a grammar school down in the city of Hawthorne where my cousins live that was named uh, Peter Burnett. Peter Burnett was the first American governor of California. And Governor Brown, before he left office, and then Governor Newsom more recently when he apologized to all Californians for what happened to them, both uh, pointed out, they get this, Peter Burnett issued a proclamation in writing calling for the extermination of all Californians. Wow. And so he, he was actually, calling... Calling for genocide, essentially. Calling for genocide. He actually got, I believe he got federal money to pay uh, murderers to go out and murder men, women, and children. There was bounties like Peter Burnett, first American governor of California, 1849, 1851. Apparently, he was so racist that the the California legislature forced him to resign, I think. Wow. Uh, So anyhow, we want to rename this school Toyperina. And uh, so I, I proposed this to the LA Times to do an article about it. A uh, reporter contacted me the other day and seemed like he's going to do an article and point that out. And then he sends me an email that, oh, you know, I talked to the city and they have other candidates and everything. Um, hmm. You know, other candidates like Michelle Obama and stuff like that to rename the school. And uh, right. I don't want to mention Toy Perina. I said, if you don't mention Toy Perina, you're guilty of, of her suppression, which has been going on for 250 years. Yeah, complicit in the suppression. And I, so I. Has has she received any acknowledgement in the in the sort of general public? I mean, uh, Sean and I yes. have heard of her, and we're fairly um, we're fairly. Yes. Yeah. Schooled yes, in that, but. Well, yes, a little, a little, yes, and no. Um, because uh, back in uh, <clears throat> 2013, maybe 12 now, I'm trying to remember, uh, they found a key cemetery down in the city of Wyand Gardens, which is northeast of Long Beach. And okay. uh, <clears throat> and I had to recover the ancient quiche uh, skeletal remains because they dug them up and put them in a big pile and everything. Oh, and then we respectfully reburied them and everything. And Chief Ernie wanted to have a bust of Toy Perina erected at the site to memorialize it. And uh, I found this wonderful sculptor, Rick Hill, at an art show in uh, Malibu, <clears throat> and uh, an art fair thing, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, he does fantastic work. He made a beautiful bust of her in bronze, which is erected at the school, but nobody can see it because people can't go on, you know, just easily go on school campuses, right? Right, right. And now with the pandemic, it's closed anyway. Um, right. And then we uh, 
we had a meeting years ago with um, uh, you know the, the pod, main padre, I forget his name at uh, San Gabriel Mission. I'm not sure he's still there. Um, and asked him if we could erect the statue of Toy Perino on mission grounds as an act of healing. You know. Right. Right. And uh, because a lot of the case are Catholics and uh, and they still go to San Gabriel Mission. <clears throat> um, and uh, and I'm sure they're, you know, concerned about the, the burning of the mission roof and everything. Uh, you know, it's tragic. Um, right. And um, and and, th and this this padre refused to let us put the statue up on mission grounds. So he's still against the Indians after 250 years, which I think is 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 really terrible. Um, right. In contrast. Uh, He's not the mayor. I'm not sure he's a mayor right now, but um, there's an, another uh, politician there, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. and uh, his name is John Harrington. Mm -hmm. uh, very similar, by the way, to a famous ethnographer, John Harrington, who worked for the Smithsonian. And he was the one that first got the uh, ethnographic account of Big Rock, you know, that Sean mentioned. Um mm. But anyhow, uh, John Harrington's a good guy, and he's in favor of the statue going up in San Gabriel, uh, possibly in front of the Mission Playhouse, which is on the greater original grounds of the mission. It's a beautiful Spanish-style playhouse, holds 1,500 people. Nice. Um, and uh, But we have to get raise the money to pay for the statue because yeah. uh, bronze statues are expensive. We need about eighty to 90000 for that. Right, um, right. Now, there's been some other monuments to her around, but they're all pretty bad. They're not well done. The imagery is bad. Okay. Um, and uh, and none of them were run by the Keys to get their approval. Uh, uh, when I first approached uh, Chief Ernie uh, about doing a bust of her, I mean, a statue of her, and I was showing him pictures of California Indian women, you know, that I have in uh, the Smithsonian book on California Indians. He was rejecting most of them, you know, and uh, and he's telling me, he said, Gary, she doesn't have to be beautiful, but you have to see her character. Right. And so when I Are showed there... the Sorry, go uh, ahead. When I showed the draft of the statue that that Rick Hill did, Ernie liked it so much he gave it a hug. Oh, it now, was, are there any are there any uh, portraits or drawings or any sort of yes. images of her captured? Yeah, we uh, I I got this uh, Vietnamese artist Tay Nguyen who was on the faculty down at um, uh, you know college in, in Orange County, uh, and uh, and we have an 1850 photograph of Toy Perina's daughter by the Spanish soldier. Ah. And she was quite old then. Right. And then uh, uh, through DNA and everything, uh, the living great, 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 I forget how many greats, granddaughter, <clears throat> um, who was uh, about 12 at the time. Now she may be about 20. Uh, uh, you know, photos of her. And interestingly, both had the same eyes, nose and mouth. So he did a wonderful drawing of her which we use for the cover of the book. And okay. uh, if, if people Google Toy Perina, the Joan of Arc of California, the book will come up on the internet. Great. And he, and so we have a close-up of her and she's wearing a 
shell necklace with a shell pendant. The shell pendant is abalone, and that's in uh, the uh, uh, necklaces, uh, olivella shells. They are part of the collection of the Southwest Museum. Those are actual case artifacts. Okay. And so you then, reconstructed uh, as, as well as you possibly could based on um, based on surviving uh, ancestors and also understandings of what uh, clothing and um, and jewelry she would have worn at the time. But we don't actually have any images of her. No, no. That were captured. No. Okay. No, the Spanish wouldn't have done that. They they didn't want to commemorate her, you know. And right, right, yeah. Now, Quiche women wore uh, not a. It kind of looks like a grass skirt. It's not a grass skirt. It's a fiber skirt, uh, made out of strips of cottonwood or other uh, plants like that. Okay. Uh, and then Quiche women and Indian women across the country, uh, you know, went bare breasted, you know. Uh, but we didn't want to do that. Uh, because you know Americans are hung up on sex, and right. so we gave her something that uh, a, a chief or a shaman were entitled to wear an eagle feather cape. Okay. And so we put an eagle feather cape on her, and uh, it's, it's absolutely appropriate. And so he Tay Tay Wen uh, did a uh, full length illustration for her, which is fantastic. I mean, he did a wonderful job, okay. just as Rick Hill did the. Uh, sculpture which is fantastic so the images Terrific. of her are approved and they're they're really fine and so the thing is if we can convince the city of hawthorne to rename their school uh, uh toy perina and by the way there's no one else as appropriate as toy perina because uh burnett wanted to exterminate all california indians so it's absolutely right. appropriate to have a california indian replace uh, him and so she's a california indian She's a local Indian, and then because of her unique status, she's unique in American history. She's nationally significant. And, right. uh, and, and, and Hawthorne, Hawthorne is in the area um, that the Keech would have would have lived on at the time. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's, territory, yeah. Yeah, yeah territory. Between, Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. It's between here and uh, uh, Long Beach, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely Keech territory. And right. uh, when we uh, come to a little bit uh, towards the end, uh, we'll share the link that we have. But I wanted to ask you just very quickly, how was she uncovered? How was the, in, in other words, her legacy uncovered since you said it had been lost a bit by the quiche? Was it was there a particular scholar? Was it just something someone came across? How did we find out about her again? Well, you know, Chief Ernie had heard of her, you know. Um, mm -hmm. oh, okay. But, uh, and I, I frankly <clears throat> can't remember how much he remembered of her story, but of course he heard of her as a hero and so on. But, um, uh, there is a, uh, there's this historical, uh, journal in California. Um, and, um, we, uh, they, they had a whole issue basically about her. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to find a reference to it right now, but, um, yeah, here it is. It was called Bulletin or Bulletin, B-O-L-E-T-I-N, -B the Journal of California Mission Studies Association. 
Okay. And they did a whole uh, issue with several articles about her. And a really good article was done by a BBRM and an RM Senkowitz. And uh, so they had transcriptions of the, uh, you know, the, the transcripts of the trial and uh, this sort of thing. Ah, okay. When was this, Gary? When was that? That was published in 2007. Published. Okay, so fairly recently then. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. So do we have our one more thing time, Dawn, do you think, or? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think let's quickly say that um, Gary and Sean have created a petition um, and uh, we will include the link to that petition um, on the 34 Circe's Facebook page. Uh, we'll send it out via Twitter and, um, and uh, Instagram as well. All of the social media. Um, everywhere we can. Everywhere we can. We will spread it far and wide. But it is a petition on change.org uh, to rename the school for Toy Perina. And um, we would love it if y'all could sign that because it is past time to recognize her and, um, and her uh, rebellion and uh, all that she did for her people. And, um, and also... Uh, Gary's book, um, you know, if you want to find out more about Toy Perina, that is probably the best source at this point. And uh, continue to spread the word about Toy Perina here in California as one of our local indigenous heroines. Indeed. So that's our one more thing. Please support that story then bringing back and spreading the story of Toy Perina that Gary and other scholars have uncovered, but that Gary has been definitely championing. And I will try to put the link in our actual podcast page, uh, the information on it. So hopefully I'll be able to do that and you can just click on it and just all you have to do is click your support. And that just shows that a lot of people want to see Mm -hmm. her story told and honored. And my one more thing would be think about how long her story was lost for and how someone discovered um, the records of her in this bulletin and how Gary came across it and amplified her voice. And think about how there might very well be other stories like that that have yet to be revealed. So keep an eye out for them and do your part to amplify those stories when you find them. Wonderful. Gary, do you want one more thing you'd like the listeners to know? Yeah, obviously uh, our book, Toy Brand of the Joan of Arc of California. And uh, Chief Ernie uh, is an honorary author. Um, and um, uh, Andrew Salas, uh, his son, tribal chairman, honorary author. But I, I wrote the book with uh, Dr. Christina Swindoll Martinez. The book is available on Amazon, and it's gotten very good reviews. I haven't read a negative review of it yet, um, knock on wood, but uh, I think we did a good job. It was also endorsed by Professor Lowell Bean with a wonderful endorsement we have on the back of the book. He's considered by many to be the foremost authority on California Indians. Um, Wonderful. So we hope that she gets the the, uh, recognition that is due to her, and I think that every school child in a America should know about her. I've been lecturing to 150 third graders at a time down in a school down in Torrance. And the teacher, Karen Ha, 
has every kid write me a letter. And one little girl wrote me a letter and she said, Dr. Stickle, thank you for telling me about Toy Perina. Now I feel like I have a brain. Oh, wow. 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 Okay. So you are making a difference every day. Thank well, you so it's, much. It's not me. It's her. You know, I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to bring her out, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank, well, thank this you. has been 34 Circe Salon, our fantastic guest, Dr. Gary Stickle. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And uh, speaking great. to us about Toy Perina. And uh, thank you, Sean Marlon Newcomb, my thank co-host. Thank you, Dawn Sam Alden. And thank you, Gary, always. Absolutely. And uh, look for our next episode coming soon. Bless it be. Take care, everyone. 